0: thing up there? What is this? Uh, The meaning is being recorded. Okay, got it.
1: We are now live. All right, Julie, how are you today?
0: I am wonderful.
1: Good, good, good. good. I have
0: some good news to share with you.
1: Yeah. All right, go ahead.
0: Yeah. So as you know, uh, I had a Moffitt appointment yesterday. And every one of my numbers went in the right direction
1: nice that's awesome that's awesome that's so awesome yeah cool
0: so that's good news
1: that's very very good news cool awesome well um i tell you how about you uh, what's your good news for today my good news for today i don't really have any good news yet oh come
0: on you gotta have some good news
1: for today (laughs) um did you
0: talk to your dad
1: no i didn't no okay Um, so that's not the good news (laughs) no no (laughs) no in fact i need to set up uh i need to go see him uh one day this week for sure to check in on check in on things and see how he's doing i do want to have a uh A serious discussion with him, and it's been something that I'm kind of really trying to figure out how I'm going to do it, because it's a touchy subject with him. And uh, so, well, um, I don't know why or for what reason, but I know that he has some sort of aversion or uh, issue with going to the dentist. All right. And, oh,
0: and you wonder why. Who
1: doesn't? I know. Who does
0: not have an aversion to going to the dentist?
1: Right. Um, but he has to go. It, this is enough's enough. And I know from talking to my dentist and going down that road uh, 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 how much our health in our cardiovascular system and our heart is tied into the directly to the health of our, our teeth, our gums, our oral health, right? Bacteria, bacteria, and all these things. And his, it's time, like, he needs to go in and full, like, have all that's what's left in there taken out, go to dentures. And for sure, man, that's it. And, um, and again, that's a,
0: that's not only painful physically, it's painful financially.
1: Sure. Financially, he's good now. Right. So that hurdle is OK. Um, but again, uh, this is something, you know, it's it's hard to have that discussion with somebody. You know, that's a real personal thing. And it's basically saying, hey, you know, I, I mean, I know that there's some kind of bacterial or some kind of issue going on because of his 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 breath when we get close oh. and we talk. Um, I know he's lost another front tooth cause now he's uh, avoiding, he's avoiding smiling when he's talking to me, that uh, self-conscious thing. And, um, you know, it's, I, we're built, we're ha- we have this new, uh, friendship that we're fostering now that I'm, uh, older and wiser and, you know, we're, I, I, I want the guy to be around as long as possible. Right. Do you and know who his
0: dentist is?
1: He doesn't have one. I know that do you I, have
0: one that you can i do make an app-
1: i do and, and so that's, maybe you
0: just maybe you just make an appointment for him and say hey dad i'm gonna pick you up and take you someplace that you're gonna hate but we're gonna go anyway
1: <laughs> yeah yeah right that's part of it i suppose right but i definitely because if you
0: leave it up to him to do he'll never do it so you're gonna no. have to probably take that bull by the horns
1: yeah and and it's uh again it's a serious subject where i have to preface it and say hey dad you know i'm about to talk to you something very seriously uh i know this is going to be a touchy subject you may get upset this is going to be something that you're going to be uncomfortable talking about but i'm i have to do it because i love you and i care about you right and then i even thought about writing a short letter with the things that i want that i'm going to talk to him about and leave that with him after i says here i also wrote this you know, who knows? Maybe the conversation doesn't go well and it gets short, and I, and and I don't get to finish. You know, at least I can put my thoughts in in notes in, yeah. in, or in words too, written words, right? Wow. Yeah. And I want to share with him a story with that too. Uh, about a close friend of mine, Robert, very very close friend, who did it when he was fifty five, and said it was the best decision he ever did in his life because his teeth were horrible. He smoked every day. He's a truck driver, right? But when he went in and got everything done, and he has dentures now, he says the maintenance on it's easy. I don't have to worry about anything. I throw my teeth in. I can smile. It looks natural, you know. So, yeah.
0: Well, maybe
1: implants. Uh, something. Mm-hmm. Anything to keep anything to uh, make his oral health good. Yeah. That's the most important thing. You know what I mean? And I know that it will change his life when he's interacting with people out in the real world. That's yeah. something that is a self conscious factor. Our smile and when we're speaking to people, right? Right. And I know it would change his life for the better. I know
0: for my son, he had, since he was a teenager, he had braces. And the braces damaged some nerves. So one of his front teeth got darkened and he would, he doesn't smile because of it. And he, um, you know, they can't whiten it. He can only get it um, capped, which means they have to grind down the original tooth and cap it. And he doesn't want to do that. So that's, that's been an impediment of his for his whole life.
1: Yeah. It's interesting.
0: And I say, now, you know, you, how old are you now? Now all your teeth are getting a little, you know, as you age, they get a little different color. So
1: yeah, yeah, that
0: that is what that is. But anyways, back to um, real estate.
1: Yeah, so real estate. So today I want to, uh, and, you know, we we kind of knew what we were going to talk about today, but very specifically, the listing appointments. Okay, so say, you know, you're going to speak to a potential customer that wants to sell their home. And I want to speak with you today about the four point items right and mainly the the roof, the water heater um, and the age, the condition and and you know how to have that conversation with them and explain to them why these things are important, how they affect the sale of the home and the options that they have of getting those done right so uh let's just start right well
0: we okay go ahead I'm sorry no 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 go ahead um the last thing that you said and how they can get these things done they don't have to get these things done correct so um which is part of
1: that conversation to have with them right
0: many times we want to uh Wait until we have an inspection before we get them done, because those are uh, parts of negotiation, because as you know, everybody wants to renegotiate after an inspection. And how many deals do we have flying off because of inspection? But you know you had mentioned the roof being a primary, which is a primary. and let me tell you about some experiences that I have with that. Um. So we go in and we have a 20 year old roof. Doesn't leak, but it's a 20 year old roof. So we know right away that it's not gonna pass a four point. Um, And let's talk about what the four point is. The four point is a checklist that the insurance companies require before they will issue a regular uh, homeowners policy. And I forget the name of the, the regular homeowner's policy. It has a number, H something, something, something. And that is a requirement. We should find that out. That is a requirement that the lenders ha- uh, require. Um, so there are insurance policies out there that do not require these inspections, but it's not that policy. And therefore, insurance com- um. Lenders won't accept it. So, when we're talking about the four point for insurance, we're talking about the insurance that lenders require. So, now if you have a cash buyer who wants to get insurance, um, regular insurance, and what I mean by regular insurance, and again, the insurance that lenders require, covers everything that most homeowners want covered liability um and i say flooding issues but i don't mean rising exterior w- uh, waters but i mean if your if your water tank overflows or your or your dishwasher overflows and that kind of water um fire um and you know sinkhole is an, hold a hold another topic um but that also includes roof and wind so um Um, there are policies that cover less than that, that you can get without a four point inspection, but if you have a lender, then they will not, uh, they will not approve that. So I just wanted to make that clear. Did I make that clear?
1: Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I just had this discussion, well, uh, just the other day, but I've had it uh, several times in the past, uh, few weeks, uh, explaining the fact that why, uh, the roofing business, uh, here in our state is so there's so many roofing companies and so many roofs being replaced all the time. And it, it isn't necessarily because the roof has to be replaced because it's faulty. It has to be replaced because they want to sell the house, right? Because it's, because in an, in the insurers minds, uh, it's too old. It has, you know, it's, it's, you know, and, um, so, uh, And correct me if I'm wrong, most of these roofing companies will give you, you know, they put a roof on, they'll give you a 30-year warranty on the roof, right? But again, when it comes to selling your home, the insurance companies are the ones that say, okay. which,
0: Which is a problem on many topics, not just the roof. There are some things that are up to code per the regulations, the county regulations, but they're not up to code per insurance like double taps on a, on a double tap is fine an electrical panel per the code of the county but building codes but not as far as the insurance goes
1: right yeah so
0: so um
1: and then i had <clears throat> well and then you have so the you know most carriers will Carriers will, uh, they have, uh, I don't know if it's a rule, but when the roof gets to above 10 years, that's when they start saying, okay, hmm, right? I don't know if that's
0: true. Usually the four point, um, they were wanting to see, um, there was a while ago that they wanted to see at least three years remaining, life remaining. And then that went to five years, remaining life. Yeah, so, I actually,
1: I actually spoke to my inspector this morning, uh, in preparation, yeah, in preparation for this. And he said that, yeah, uh, it's three years. You well, it know. depends
0: on the insurer. Right. You can't, you can't just well, say just three years. The insurers are different well, on that. And, so. uh,
1: you're, 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 and you're right. Actually, this was relating specifically to citizens. And when you're talking to a roof up to almost 25 years in age, citizens is going to require that it, uh, an inspector at least gives it a minimum of three years life left before they'll consider, you know, writing a, a policy on an older roof. Yeah, that's some what, of them.
0: Some of them are five years.
1: Yeah. Other
0: other. uh, um, Of course, citizens is a um, taxpayer backed. Yeah. And the private companies, um, some still want three, but some want five.
1: Which actually, this is, should be a, probably a whole nother uh, episode, but uh, specifically about citizens, because I don't know if you've uh, read recently about the changes that Citizens is going through, right? That, you know, they're increasing their, uh, their inspections uh, from 5,000 a year currently to up to 250,000 inspections that they're going to uh, order themselves over the course of the next five years. Right. And they also changed February first, they changed uh uh from 20 years. So any home, that used to be any home that's 30 years or older, right? Requires that uh inspection. Where now they four changed that four point. Now they changed it to 20. That started this month.
0: Oh, I didn't know that.
1: Yes. You did or you didn't?
0: I did not know that.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's
0: because any before any house that was more recently built than 30 years, didn't require four point. You could get credits if you did a windmit on the mm-hmm. roof only, but did not require four point. But you said now it's uh, uh, 20 years. Yeah. And they, that's just, uh, well, again, that's, that is um, with citizens. So it probably won't be long before the private insurers follow suit with that. If they haven't already. Yeah. But right now the, they're, they're, as far as I know, still 30 years, but we have to be, we have to be careful on the things that we say because they change all the time, Yeah, all the time. Right. So, but what, but what you had said before I'm um, starting off and uh, one of the things that I tell my sellers um, when they have a older than 15 years old, roof that that will most likely become a problem with the inspection because of the four point in the insurance so we have and of course people say well i'm not going to put a new roof on because it doesn't leak and we say of course you don't want to put a roof on because it doesn't leak Um, and i'm suggesting right now that you don't so we'll we'll deal with that problem If and when it arises, but I'm suggesting to that you that probably it will arise. So we have a couple different things that we can do with that. Um, I, because of my experience now in dealing with it, will price the property as if it had a brand new roof, and then when uh, it comes to pass that it's not a brand new roof and we need a new roof then we're going to negotiate a little bit. But usually at that point in negotiating that we will split it. So they end up getting the price for a brand new roof, but only paying for half of it. Mm -hmm. Because if you were to price the house as if it had a 15-year-old roof needing to be replaced, 15 or older needing to be replaced, absolutely, I would say, hands down, Uh, By far, the majority of buyers will come back and still offer less because it has an old roof, even though you priced it that way to begin with. Hmm. So um, when I say uh, right on the listing, it's priced this way because it needs a new roof, doesn't matter. They'll still offer less because it needs a new roof. And when the inspection comes, they'll try to renegotiate a new roof again. And you would think this is crazy, But it happens over and over and over again. So I tell my sellers now, uh, because your roof is older and it isn't, um, everything in your house isn't brand new, like your comps are suggesting, Um, and let's just say that the house is relatively updated, you know, um, better than average house as far as condition and updates are concerned, and we're just dealing with an old roof which a lot of flippers do, they come in and make the interior beautiful and they and they don't touch the roof. So in that case, then uh, we would pro- price it right up there with the rest of them as if it had a new roof so that I'm prepping them. So when we come in and we get an offer, uh, expect now the inspection, they're gonna come back and wanna negotiate so now, if they come back and negotiate, they say, "Well, we can't get insurance because you have, um, we don't have three or five years left remaining." But then here's all kinds of other things on your inspection that we need you to replace, repair, or or uh, um, give a credit for. Well, now we can negotiate all of that. So we don't want to deal with the roof up front by putting on a new roof or 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 or, or, or suggesting that we're going to give 10,000 or 15,000 for a new roof, because I think the four point inspection um, fits right in there with the regular other inspections and let's negotiate it out. Mm-hmm. So if there's a bunch of stuff and you don't want to deal with it, you know, next buyer, please. Um or we negotiate it. I'll put on a roof. We'll split the cost of the roof. Or I'll put on a new roof, which we thought we were going to do anyways, out of the proceeds, so it doesn't come out of their pockets. But you take everything else as is. But there's a lot of things that we can negotiate there.
1: What? If, what about when you're dealing with a seller who says adamantly, "I'm not. I'm not paying for nothing. It's as is, we're not putting on a roof. I know this market." This market, you know, you know, it's a seller's market, and I don't have to do anything, and I want. And they and might want...
0: be, they might be absolutely right. Right. So you just have to tell them. Then you know we might have to go through a few different buyers before we get one that will. But see, the biggest problem with that is unless you have a cash buyer, most buyers that are getting financing don't have enough money after the financing to put a roof on. Right. So sometimes um, we can put it into the sale price and have it, have it done. So what we do there is we call that a dry closing Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and what a dry closing is, is that, um, um, so you negotiate a sale price, but the buyer, the seller won't do anything. So the buyer needs to put on a roof. So they get an estimate, say it's going to be 15 grand now providing that the uh, inspect, uh, the uh, appraisal will cover that 15 grand. Then uh, we put that in the sale price um, higher than was originally negotiated. Then we have the appraisal done knowing that there's gonna be a brand new roof. So once it goes through underwriting and once we get it clear to close, then we set a closing date out like ten days later, after the clear to close, and at that point in time, you hire a a, a roofer to put on the roof, and they will get be they will be uh, paid out of closing. Now, a lot of times the seller will have a problem with that because the roof is being put on without uh, with the with the property still being in their name. So a dry closing is that everybody signs off, and then they don't disperse for until after the roof is done. So um, they sign off at, they sign off on Monday. Uh, roof takes usually two days, you know, maybe three or four if the wet weather's bad. So everybody signs off the escrow, the mount for the roof is put in escrow. And when the roofer gets done, it gets paid out of, it gets paid out of the escrow and then everything is dispersed. So everything is signed off. The, the money has been collected by the buyer but it has not been dispersed to the seller and we're a dry closing waiting for the roof to be put on. And that way the buyer pays for it, but they can mortgage it out. Mm -hmm. So that's one way you can handle that. If you have a, if you have a seller that doesn't want to be bothered by all that, because they know it's a, it's a, um, it is a seller's market. In this case, they're absolutely right. Um, Put it back on the market and you'll get another buyer. But when this happens too many times, Usually the seller will change their mind and agree to do what we suggested they do in the first place, or um, the buyers don't start um, offering full price anymore. Exactly. So they will, they will see that it's been sitting on the market back on the back, back on the market and back on the market. And and I don't know how many times sellers have told me, well, I'm not going to take a penny less. And they most certainly will take a penny less when nobody a month later Sure, because it's been on and off the market four or five times. We'll pay it,
1: and and in that in the course of that time, what has the what has changed in the market? You know what I mean? Is it no longer the same ideal situation to get that price that is you know as we know is overpriced? I mean, honestly. Right. But but also like from the uh realtor's point of view, like you personally, like uh when you are explaining this and, and you realize that this is a situation, this is the type of seller you're dealing with, do you even uh find it worth your time to uh still list their property and and go Absolutely. through that? I mean, we do. can
0: we can work we we can work through those those issues. And you okay. know, um uh what I always tell people is the absolute truth on the front end and say hey you know you're the boss I work for you you tell me what you want to do I'm telling you from my experience this is what you're most likely going to see so uh, and people have a funny way of uh, of believing what they need to believe um, and forgetting what you said up front so as I always say, every time you have any verbal conversation with anybody over anything, follow it up with a written email saying, this is what we discussed. This is what my advice was. This is what you wanted to do. This is what we're going to do. And we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. And you know what? Sometimes they're right. I, I just recently listed a property that way, way too high. And I said, this is way, way too high. But it's a seller's market it's nice and clean and if you're going to get it you're going to get it in the first day or two and sure enough he got it
1: yeah so right yeah i i get it and thank know. you for reminding and it was me cash,
0: so we didn't have to worry about an inspection or uh uh an appraisal.
1: Well, and, and that's another thing too whereas um i was on a listing appointment last well, it was last week and it, this was a, similar to exactly what we're talking about and i told them i says uh you know, uh, we can also put in the listing, uh, dis- you know, uh, the, 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 the description that uh, cash, cash or conventional only, no, no FHA, no VA, because we know that they're not going to that that your roof is way too old, you do not want to pay for it. You're, you know, hands down, this is it as is only I says, well, they're not going to, they're not even going to, you know, they're not even in contention right? So you're looking for a cash buyer, or someone who's putting a significant amount of money down on a conventional loan where they have a little bit more uh, leeway, is that the right word or a comfort level when it comes to the lenders, the the, the appraisal, the underwriting and all that stuff, right? So would you kind of, uh, would you agree with that? With that statement? Or would you even say that to them? I
0: I would, um, you know, we're kind of gearing this towards that difficult seller whereas most of them aren't that difficult so um I, you know that's also another topic about- the buyers, FHAVA buyers, mm-hmm. all these poor buyers aren't standing a chance in our market right now. I don't know what they're doing, a place to live. This is a whole new, whole new problem and a whole new issue. But mm-hmm. it's, you know, um, if you have a difficult seller that won't listen to you, you know, do I walk away from them? Rarely do I walk away up front because I think that I can get them over to my side and see things my way. But if not. And if it's becoming too high man uh, maintenance for me, and I just don't like these people anymore, no, I'll just I'll just give them back their listing or refer it to somebody else in the office that might want to take a stab at it. If I lose patience with them, but at first, I'm hoping that I can persuade them to um, to well, I don't persuade them right away to do what I say. I always say initially, you're the boss. You're paying me. You're the boss. I'll do what you want. But I'm suggesting to you that this is what we should do. And this is going to be the outcome if we don't. And Mm. then when we see that, then they will listen to me usually. But if not, like the one that you had, then Mm -hmm. how many buyers do you have to go through?
1: Sure. So. And on the and other end, yeah, and on the other end of the spectrum, like you said, and this is another show about the buyers, is the, is this market, whereas uh, Julia's uh, house, that one uh, that she closed, we listed it uh, at a very, very high price, looking for that buyer, and a company came in, all cash offer, 10 grand over, perfect, right? For the sellers in this situation, that's great. Right. But I had this discussion with somebody the other day where it's kind of me personally, because I care about people in my community and I, I'm passionate about this, where these investment companies, this one was Invitation Homes out of Texas. I learned a lot about them. They're buying up all these good properties uh, at these offers where they just swoop in and and all cash. And again, great for the seller, but these are legitimate properties that should be available to legitimate buyers with families looking for a place to live. Yeah.
0: Well, not only that, that that is very true, but uh, further um, they are now set. So I had the same thing happen. Now these people, um, these buyers, uh, um, a lot of times they have millions of dollars that they must spend every month. And and they don't care that they're overpaying for these properties. And they will outbid everybody. And not only are they um, uh, outbidding any possible local buyer that might want this property, uh, but they're also... St- they're also now creating a very high comp. So these neighborhoods now where a house that I said would sell for 245 and they come with a 290 offer on a house that is not even updated. I had one that they they bought uh, the highest house in that neighborhood was at 283 and it was totally renovated and smaller or bigger than the one I had. Mine was smaller, had all old systems, old roof. Everything was old. Um, needed updating and they bid more cash. So now that house was now the new highest comp in the neighborhood. Mm. So all of these properties. Now, again, that's really, really good for for the sellers. Um, but it's it's kind of artificial, if you ask me. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't I, know what to say about that. That's well, just, I, that's, these funds are coming in and having to spend their money and creating havoc for for their people i remember in 2005 2006 there was um um we were saying that people could no longer buy the house that they lived in if they had to if they had to requalify for the house that they lived in, they would no longer be able to afford their own house mm. because of these types of things. So, um, and again, that's has nothing to do with roofs and four points inspections that right, we started right. with, but of course. this has, this, this, this is uh, um, mm. an issue to, that not us, just us here, but all over the place, all over the country, because the, but you know what? Along with that, whose money is these hedge funds? You know, that's, all these 401ks and IRAs mm-hmm. and how fast and how furious can these houses go up? So sure. before long that these people that have all their money in their hedge funds aren't going to be able to see the, the value in them anymore. Sure. So A- A- they're A- renting A- these properties A- and who are they gonna rent these properties to to make the return on their investment?
1: Yeah. So if
0: they're spending 300,000, close to 300,000, you know, 1% is the rule of thumb. That means they're gonna have to get $2,800 for, there's no way that these places are gonna rent. So what is that saying about the investment of these hedge funds and the people who are um, investing in these hedge funds?
1: It, it, so it's it's, 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 it's another situation. Who ultimately pays the price for that? The people's money that, is they're, the, that's that, 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 that they that they use. Correct. So, so all, all those so all those people that lost all that money in the crash because all their money was in stocks and all this paper, and now they've said, "Well, I want to invest my money in something that's that's solid, uh that that is safe," and they do it in real estate. Except that now that it's part of a fund, and these right. and these people are just out there just spending money, spending money, and these. Right people are going to lose money again, right? Well, possibly you can't really possibly say possibly. Possibly. There's I you mean, know. And,
0: and now and then you know that's the other thing that that um we're 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 seeing that everybody's saying oh another crash another crash another crash and I don't see that mm. unless we have too much of what we were just talking about because yeah. if we have too much of what we're just talking about that is very reminiscent of you know the banks doing it mm. but it's not the banks this time it's the investment companies um which in a sense, is the same thing because they're using other people's money.
1: Other people's money, yeah. yeah. You know, OPM. when when you <laughs> oh, OPM, yeah, OPM, I like that. Um, there is again, yeah, these 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 topics. They're all important. You know, again, and these are things this is the whole reason I think it's important for us to 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 do the show and, and to have these episodes is to talk about these things that uh, that are uh, important. You know, uh, not just for us in our business and how we relate to our our customers, but for the people in general. Right. Um, but let's back let's go back to the four point and what uh, and that listing appointment. All right. So not just the roof, but in general, when you're walking through, you're you're walking through the property, okay, with the homeowner. And do you uh, personally, uh, how far in depth do you go when you are walking around and you're and you see that they have an old outdated rusted up water heater and you see that they have an old ac unit and you see that uh some of the uh, plumbing underneath the sinks is or do you even look underneath the sinks like how how involved do you make it to prepare them for that uh, step that's going to happen in the process of selling their home that there is going to be an inspection period and these items whether it, you're in a, a home that's only 10 years old and all this stuff looks great or it's been done or you're in a home that's built in 1965 and they haven't updated and all this stuff's old like how, how do you how do you deal with so, that
0: um you know the answer the first and easiest answer to every question almost anybody ever poses is it depends. Mm. So if I go into ha- into a house and it looks like it's all done, but I see the rusty old uh, water heater, uh, I, I, I will let them know that that's ultimately going to be replaced. But I don't tell them to do anything up front because I save it for the renegotiation on the inspection. Mm. Somebody's not not going to buy a house because it's got an old rusty water heater. Mm. If everything else is fine. But right. they're going to come back with a list on something on the inspection. And maybe they won't because it's a seller's market. Maybe they say, hey, we'll take care of the water heater ourselves because I want this house. So yeah. I, I usually, um, on a big ticket item, you know, $1,000, 1,500 bucks, big enough ticket item. Um, so I won't have them do any of that. Um, on the other hand, so let's talk about other things. Um, let's say the house, or on your on the four point let's stay with the four point I actually on yeah, none of the four point will probably have anybody do anything if I when I look under the sink and I see that there's a link under the sink and if there is a link leak under the sink then most likely it's pretty nasty under there mm. so I will have them fix that that's an easy fix and mm. clean it up um, and it's not a big ticket item now, that's depending on if everything else in the house is fine. If everything else in the house, if it is below average house, then I'm not going to have them do anything. Mm. So I always market a house or look at a house um, to see if it's below average, average, or above average. So an average to me is a house that's lived in, and it's not, it's not, it's it's lived in. It's mm-hmm. not uh, above average, it's been updated. Um, and. Um, It has fresh paint and it doesn't hardly look lived in. So if they have a bunch of kids around and a bunch of toys around and pets around and, you know, they have nick corners and dirty walls, that's, that's, that's really lived in. If you, if you, if nothing has been updated and, and things look pretty trashy, then that's, that's below. So what I, if it's, if everything is almost done and I see little bits of things for people to do then I'll point that out but unless if it's average average and they have and, and a lot of stuff needs to be done and and they don't want to do it and we just price that accordingly.
1: I tell you what since this is the four, the whole focal point was the four point and about really about spending money or saving money towards uh that negotiating at the inspection period right the old That's roof the old water heater so let's I, let's what about the the the, the 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 house in general so not just the four point but how about the homeowner who is wanting to spend money they're saying hey you know I I'm you know, you're at the appointment and they're like very self-conscious. They're like, by the way, I'm going to get the house painted. I know it's oldly painted and, and I'm going to redo these floors and all this. And yeah. obviously we don't want them spending money if they're not going to get a return on it. That's right. It. So how, do you, uh, you know, I how say, you-
0: unless you're going to do everything, don't do anything.
1: Unless you're going to do everything. Don't do anything. Right. Yeah. I like that.
0: And if they're ready, if they're, if they have uh, contractors or they can do it themselves, which I hesitate for people to do it themselves because they think they do a fast. mean, doesn't. Yeah. So, um, uh, and again, it depends on this market that we're in. Right. So, you know, putting in floors, people say they're going to put in floors and depending on the size of the house, they're talking 10, 20 grand just for flooring. Yeah. No, don't put in floors because you're not going to get that 10, 20 grand out of it. Mm-hmm. So um, I've been usually-
1: telling. I'm sorry. I, I've been saying uh, it, it specifically to now, don't do anything. And like you said, unless you're going to completely come in and rehab this house, and I'm standing in your house, you don't need to do that. Don't spend any of this money. I says it's not going to increase the the, 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 the sale price of the home. And right? again,
0: it's going to come back around to the inspection. Right. So um, I, you know what money you need to spend? We'll talk about it when the inspection comes around. And then I'll tell you what money you need to spend. Because a lot of times in this market, I'm having buyers, even with roof, a couple of times with a roof, when I said, your roof won't pass the, pass the four point for the insurance. So more than likely, it's going to come up on the inspection. But by the time the buyers come around and they're so thrilled that they got this house and they haven't been outbid that they say, forget it. We're not, we don't want anything because we just want this house, and they don't have to put anything on. Mm. So you have that. Now, we have a frenzied market, and it's still a frenzied market. It's not expected to be for the entire year, but right now it still is. Mm. So things are different. We can revisit this conversation next year, and I might have something totally different to say about it. But right now, it is a seller's market. If we were have a buyer's market, if we're talking 2000 9, 2010, 2011, 12, 13, I would say something totally different. But right now, the sellers are in the driving seat. They have uh, the leverage on everything. So yeah. don't spend any money. You don't right. have to.
1: Right. And 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 back to what you uh, you were talking about, uh, unreasonable sellers, right? That unreasonable seller. I, I say this, not to everybody, but when it comes up, I say, right now, the uh, unreasonable sellers and greedy sellers are being more unreasonable and even greedier. And unfortunately or fortunately, however you look at it, they're being rewarded for that. Because they are they're being rewarded for that. And that's why you said, you'll still list it at that ridiculously high price because a very well buyer could come in and swoop in and get it. I'm almost market. I'm almost actually saying that on my listing appointments, I'm saying, we can market it right and perfect, or we can take a calculated risk. And we can actually you know, go at the highest and see if that one buyer's out. Spend the first seven days. I'll do all the marketing and see if that one buyer is out there. Right. And he'll come and in they're and They're gonna be out there. They're gonna her. be out there in
0: that first week that, waiting. That's
1: what I tell him. I said yeah. it says we'll go back to the original plan, but why not cast that net and see if we can get that buyer in that first weekend or that first few days? Right. Well,
0: you know, that's, I, I say that every time now yeah. I say, you name your price, because right. I have no idea what a buyer yeah. will pay for anymore. The prices that I'm seeing these houses going at, there's no way I would pay for it
1: Yeah, based I, on,
0: based on, you know, the recent comps because, yeah. because of the things that we have said. So, but yeah. Don, what's the rule of thumb, you know, one week on the market, if you have absolute, in this market, mm-hmm. if you have no, no um, showings in this market, in any market, Oh, yeah. I've been saying this for 35 years. If yes. you have no showings mm-hmm. in the first week on the market, then it's way overpriced. Exactly. If you have a small spattering of showings, mm-hmm. then it's still overpriced. Mm-hmm. If you have lots of showings and no offers, and it's a little overpriced. Mm-hmm. And if you get lots of showings and offers is priced right. On the other side, if you get lots of showings in every single one, uh, Makes an offer, then you have it too low and then you're going to get a bid bidding more. So, um, or you can just pull it off the market and say, hey, wait, I underbid this. Let's raise the price, which happens all the time too. Mm-hmm. So, whatever we decide doesn't really matter because the market will tell you very, very clearly and very, very quickly what quickly. the price should be.
1: Yeah, that's that's the key right there. Yeah, it doesn't take a long amount of time, right? Mm-hmm. So, Right, they're waiting. There's so many buyers out
0: there right now. They're waiting. Every time one comes on the market,
1: yeah, I, I need to, uh, I need to remember a couple of those points there myself, uh, because sometimes I feel like I get, I talk too much because I care, and I t- explain a little too much sometimes on these appointments, right? Where I need to kind of tone it down a bit because it is a seller's market, and just if they, and just go with what they want. You know what I mean? Instead for at of least a week. To, for at least a week.
0: And that's what I also. That's what we also again, they won't remember that conversation. You know, two weeks later, three weeks later, how come my house isn't sold? Mm. You have to remind them, Oh, I don't remember that. That's why you have to put it right in the email, or get a price reduction Mm. um, for 10 days for 10 days from now, have them sign it right then. If we don't have any offers by here, we're going to reduce it here and um, have them do that. So you can don't, you don't have to go back and have that conversation or that right Uh, debate or discussion again
1: well real quick i want to ask you something specific before i go back to the four point i want to talk to you about acs i want to ask you about the ac system so i not in uh repairs and painting and getting uh doing things for the house for the uh uh, prior to sale but this is something where i think you know uh, as far as giving them tips like Little things like taking down the personal photos if if it's going to be an occupied sale, right? Things like that. But this one was, again, specific, an appointment I was on a few days ago where the main bathroom in the house, okay? They were using the secondary bathroom in the garage, but the main bathroom of the house looked fine, just like the rest of the house, outdated, but it was in good condition until you opened the shower curtain and the tub was horrific. Horrific. And I thought to myself,
0: Wait, just, and, just, just how so uh, we're rusted through.
1: No, just, it was the, porcelain it looked like the porcelain pieces were cracked it was peeled up it looked like it just um, it needed to be it almost looked like i needed to be painted it was and i took a photo of it for my own notes i need to look at it again but um and i still gonna follow up with them this was just the other day actually um and it was the one thing i was going to tell them you know as far as when i show the house. Uh, for, for uh, the
0: rest of the house was it uh, was in very good condition just not
1: up very good good enough to the point where they don't have to do anything not at all again this market we're in nothing right mm-hmm. but as far as showing again this is not going to add value but in, in, and it isn't something that needs to be done but when people are walking through the house and they look and they see that tub i just think it's in such a horrific condition where uh I think it would be worth it to at least touch it up or paint it or something. Don't spend money and redo the whole uh, shower. They have a
0: porcelain paint for that, you know,
1: that's what I was thinking. Uh yeah. some some type of thing where you're just going yeah. there and at least make it all white. Yeah. Where it's looks it's it's partly white and then green. It was I mean, I'll show you. Somebody are,
0: that's because somebody already painted over it.
1: Exactly. It's already yeah. been painted and that old paint is chipping up. That's exactly. Yeah. It was a green tub and the yeah. white paint is chipped up and it mm-hmm. looks green and just wouldn't you in that situation yeah. personally recommend yeah. just for yeah. showing purposes? Mm-hmm. Okay. I thought Nin- so.
0: Yeah, I I would.
1: Yeah. And because
0: say, that's not a big thing. That's a, that's one of those, $2. that's one of those repair. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And again, it doesn't, this isn't a, 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 a dear homeowner. This isn't adding value. This is helping me, uh, in my salesmanship when I'm showing your house to potential buyers, you know, we, we, I can, I can overcome any objection, but it'd be very easy just to spend a few dollars and paint this instead of me saying Well, that
0: porcelain you know. paint isn't really cheap, but well, they'll well, probably that probably, I mean, it's still not expensive. I'll probably yeah. spend less than a hundred bucks doing the
1: whole thing. Yeah. And again, will they come in and redo the, that, that bathroom anyway? Yes. Yeah. I just think for aesthetics, right. Just for if everything their...
0: else is, if everything else is, is, is yes.
1: Yeah. It's just, yeah, I would. It, it's a big eye shocker. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Okay. So um, this, and wanna... let me, let
0: me, let me tell you something about that. Um, how I, how I look at that, you know um, when you go and look at a house, when mm-hmm. you're showing buyers, if the landscaping is beautiful and then they walk into the house and it's eh, then they gonna, eh. they're not, they're not sold. Mm-hmm. But if you have landscaping that is nothing great, needs work, and they're like, eh, so far, but then they go inside and the house is nice. They go, oh, you have a much better chance of getting a sale out of that. The same thing. If you go through the house and it's okay, it's clean and it's not updated, but you go and see the bathroom and it's, ugh, there, there's your deflated sale. Mm-hmm. But if you walk in and it's not updated and it's not really exciting, but you don't have that downer, then you you, you still could have a sale. It's, you want to avoid those major downers. So um, if you can, a lot of the downers, like the four point, you don't see that comes with the inspection part. But anything that a buyer will come through, and I'm talking a regular buyer, um, an owner-occupant buyer that buys emotionally, Mm. they have to end up on an up note when they go through it. So if you walk through those doors and everything's beat to hell, then it doesn't matter so much because they're not excited anyways. And that's not going to be that kind of buyer. That's going to be the investor buyer who's looking at dollars and cents, instead of an emotional buyer who falls in love with the place. So, um, so that's where that tub falls in. If everything else is okay. And then they go in and see that, you don't you don't want to end on a downer note, you want to end on an okay note. Mm. So, um, again, any of those, that's the reason I'd fix underneath the sink. Because underneath the sink, they look underneath the sink. That's a downer. You don't want too many downers on easy fixes. You want right. all positives on the easy fixes. The big stuff is going to come by on the inspection. We mm. want to get to the inspection part first,
1: right? So then again, back to that four point. Um, when you are going through the property, you don't necessarily you'll 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 focus on those downers and stuff. But do you bring up these four point items uh, much at all? Um, You know what I mean? Is it a focal point? I don't
0: think that I talk specifically about the four point Mm. as much as I talk in general about the inspection and what's going to happen on the inspection. They're Mm. going to want to beat you up and renegotiate again on the inspection. Most likely. Traditionally, historically, it is a little different right now because people are honored to be able to have a contract accepted on any house, and they don't want to jeopardize that by, you know, um, by an inspection. But sometimes you get those uh, those um, um, sales associates that say, you know, what I can save you another two grand, or five grand, or ten grand by beating them up over the over the uh, inspection. So, and it usually comes from them more. Well, I shouldn't say usually. Yeah. A lot of times, uh, I should say that that inspection, um, and, and we talked about this, yeah. The uh, what the sales associate, how they discuss what an inspection is for with their customer lays groundwork for if you're going to come back and have somebody throw an inspection report at you and say, fix it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you just go, what are you, an idiot?
1: Mm-hmm. yeah yeah
0: so that's not what it's for but yeah. that's what they use it for you, so and i let my sellers so answer your question i let my sellers know that sure. so we're gonna we we have this this getting a contract uh, a ratified contract and having a pending sale is only the smallest hurdle the bigger one comes from the inspection that so inspection. that's where that's where you yeah. need that's where you need um um, you know, uh, to go head to head on right. negotiations more than than yeah,
1: here. yeah, for sure. And uh, I tell you what that you know that uh, uh, agent beware. Uh, if he's uh if he or she is telling that uh their buyer that they're going to negotiate and win them a but save money yeah. on an inspection because yeah now luck. and, the, yeah, and the historically
0: right. you know again answer this next year it yeah, might say something else right, right now right now it's, they're setting it's,
1: themselves up for uh, and how
0: many times have you heard eric that oh we're only interested in the and and the, the structural things oh yet, yeah
1: right yeah but yeah right. we
0: want this leaky faucet fixed
1: yeah. Right.
0: yeah. <laughs> like, uh,
1: you know what, we're, we're not going to we're not going to this. Uh, we're not going to uh, move forward unless you replace the water heater. Okay. All right. Well, don't move forward then. Yeah, you know, right. Send That's me the right. paperwork. What happens? Yeah. They move forward. Yeah. Because yeah. they're trying to do they that. They don't want right. to show
0: houses and go in that battle again. That's not. correct. But, they, but they have to show that side to their buyer at least attempt that so it's all <laughs> negotiations. It's all negotiations. Well, that's the reason why I don't that's the exact reason why I don't cover this up front with them.
1: Yeah,
0: you know, that's the exact reason. Let me go, All right, you're willing to pay for this. Mm-hmm. Hold on to your money because you're gonna pay uh, maybe not as much as you think. So as a matter of fact, on this last contract that I had on an offer, um, we priced it too high, and uh, and it took a little while. And so the offer the offer came in um a little bit lower significantly lower, Mm -hmm. um, uh, more in line to where um, it should have been priced to begin with. And uh, and I said to the seller, you know, this is acceptable to you, right? We talked about this up front and he said, yes. And I said, good, because we're going to counter it um, because you're going to end up coming down to this price after the inspection anyways, because there's all kinds of crap. And that's exactly what happened. So they were happy to counter it. Because usually too, in this market, if you have too much of a span in the buy, if you don't have it sold in the first week, first few days and and, the, and, and you come down um, subst- and you get an offer substantially lower, these people are expecting a counter offer, especially if it's not been on the market for two or three months. So yeah. they're expecting a counter offer. So counter it. and then if, the, if that original price was still good to your seller, then you know, and again, a lot of times that uh, you just uh, you don't want to take care of the repairs. You just want to give them the money and let them take care of the repairs, except for where the roof is concerned. And you were asking uh, about the air conditioner. What question did you? Well, have that's about
1: the, that yeah, and we'll and that's where we'll lead to right now. And and the roof, obviously being the big one, that's why we started off with that. And and we can talk more about that, and we will another time. But the AC. So this is something that um, I've has been on my mind recently about we always we talk about the roof uh primarily right but what about these ac systems so um that same uh listing appointment with the tub the ac system and i love seeing these cuz my house on luna vista uh when i bought that had this where i call them the cadillac of ac units right cuz they built stuff to last back in the day it's it, it, they just did right so this one had originally um, the house was built in, I think 1967, uh, this, the listing one, not mine, but, um, and the AC unit looked like, uh, it was either original when it was built or when it, it probably didn't even have air conditioning when it was built, but whenever they installed it, uh, in the seventies, this was the original outside unit it looked beautiful. It wasn't even chipping paint or anything, but again, it is at least 30 years old. So where do you, we, what do we do in that situation? Like uh y- y- it's
0: probably the same thing on the roof, you know, as long as it's still functioning.
1: Well, actually not
0: going to be uh, um economical. It's actually, efficiency is going to suck.
1: Yeah. Let me back up with that. As far as the, so we know that when it comes to insurance companies, uh the whole deal with the roof, where does the AC fall? Well, it when doesn't. it comes, it doesn't, it
0: doesn't. Only if they actually heat it needs to have heat not even air conditioning. Mm-hmm. So the four point is, um, is uh, the roof, the plumbing, of uh, the water heater and the electrical the air conditioner. Um, uh, it only has to have heat and that's mm-hmm. not uh, and that's not really part of the actually part of the four point so
1: so and, and and just to clarify is it is it the water heater or is it the plumbing of the entire house for the uh, four point
0: plumbing of the entire it's, house. It's
1: plumbing, right? So, not just the water heater but also if it has like that flexi pipe uh plumbing underneath sinks, you got to replace that and stuff like that. Or but, that
0: whatever that type uh, of plumbing is th- th- Yeah. Th- th- the generic the stuff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. It's That's not t- copper. <laughs> right. Um can- but yeah, you you you're correct. The uh the, the the AC unit uh I guess for some reason um the other day, you know, and sometimes I yeah, Go ahead. I do
0: want to make a statement about um, air conditioner units though, because they need, they need to be permitted. We have to have a, another topic on permits uh, and what that means. Mm. Um, so many of them are not permitted. So many windows are not permitted. So many roofs are not permitted. And what does that mean to us? So we'll have another, that's, that's, that's an hour long discussion right there. Sure. But um, now air conditioners, because they, uh, and because there are there are two parts, the condenser and the air handler, mm-hmm. and um, uh, and sometimes sellers replace one without the other if one goes bad, mm-hmm. and they don't necessarily um, um, what what's the word I'm looking for Co- coordinate together. They mm-hmm. don't work necessarily together. Right, and there's different SEER ratings that change over time, yeah. so. Um, uh, the um your inspectors will let you know if the they should but I want to also say these inspectors they don't they don't even need they don't even need to have any education anybody can call themselves an inspector
1: that is a episode in itself uh yeah. inspectors along with appraisers and all of these other issues yeah. that we're going to uh talk about all the time right but yeah correct and inspectors you can have a just like anything else in the world. You have good ones and bad ones right. and mediocre ones. You have ones right. that really, really care about what they're doing. And ones that just really, right. they're just waiting for their right. paycheck. Right you now. Um, and which I, is I know,
0: <laughs> I know so many of them kill the buyer's first deal just so they can get the next one. So they know if they kill one. The, the the inspectors will, the the buyers will say, oh my God, you're so wonderful. You saved me from buying this horrible house. I, I will have you do my next one. So they have made a thousand dollars instead of 500 bucks off of this buyer. Yeah. So that happens um, a lot and they will, I I can't tell you how many horrible, horrible, disastrous inspectors I've come across. And the reason I bring that up is because sometimes they miss the fact that the the air handler and the condenser are not made for each other. Yeah. And that causes a major problem. Um, But, um, and they also should be permitted if you do. And um, if they're not permitted, because the older ones, because codes change, the older ones were built so close to the wall, the new, the code now has them out so they can breathe more. And if you have it, if you have it uh done without a permit without the property codes these people will put it in just the same way the old ones were were and they're not efficient and they break down so much so there the you know so there's all kinds of different things that come up with uh with the hvac system all the way around so um
1: yeah but, you, you, but i wouldn't have
0: them put in a new one um until it's required or demanded and it that's not going to be part of the four point yeah
1: and yeah and that I, was i wouldn't
0: I would just, um, you know, um, if at all possible, rather than taking care of these odds and ends, because every time you start give them money, well, Mm -hmm. and also, you know, on the inspection, just give them money to take care of themselves, because if you get your seller starting to do it and they have to do something, how many times one thing leads to another, leads to another, leads to another, and then you have a bigger problem. So just give money usually is the best way to do it. Mm. My sister roof. air conditioning <laughs> also a big a a, a a big
1: one. And 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 what's funny about that inspector thing, so my inspector Clay, great dude, super, super thorough, passionate about his job. I that's yeah, why clay, I put uh, it
0: Kelly uses clay. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know how I found, no, uh he happened to be an inspector on a on on the Mitzi property, the first oh. one, and I met and and I met him there, and he just happened to say, Oh yeah, I work with Eric and Kelly and them over there. So oh, yeah. Um, but here's the funny thing is that he's so thorough and good. Uh, and I've used him a few times now that I'm almost like, do I want to keep him knowing he's thorough and good? And then also have a guy who isn't as thorough and good for other specific uh, circ- well, situations. And I don't know if that's right for me to think. Well, I tell you what, you get, what I'm, you get where I'm coming I from? I
0: do, because I use one of those myself.
1: Right, I don't I want Clay to destroy a deal for me if I need a guy to just come in and be a yes guy, right?
0: Well, well, that's not, you know, you want, I, I mean, when I say for myself, on properties that I'm going to buy. Um, I have a guy that, you know, he's a lot cheaper. There you he go. doesn't take photos. And he will let you know if it's a good house or not.
1: That's what I so, mean. Yeah.
0: So you know, there's all. Every house has all kinds of stupid crap. Do you know? I had an inspector once that took pictures and said this, and the, and and part of the pictures they said that there was um, uh, loose loose wiring, the ungrounded wires from the pool. And he took a picture. I went out there, and it was a piece of wire laying on the ground, and it wasn't attached to anything. And then he said underneath the. Uh, underneath something else that there was uh, wires hanging underneath and it wasn't even wires. It was paint tape. I just pulled the tape right off. He didn't know what he he was just making all these issues. I mean there was so many more of those things that he did. But yeah. on this one particular it depends on the buyers, it depends on your sellers or on the buyers on how if they're if they're going to be all nervous or if they can take care of things and mm. and if you're paying top dollar. If you're paying top dollar for something that's supposed to be awesome, then yeah. You know, sure. hold them to it.
1: Yes, but if absolutely. it's if it's
0: a house that's an average condition, it's been lived in, and you know it's got problems, then you know we we want to find out if there's termite damage, if there's any evidence of sinkholes, if there's any uh, other structural uh, damage, um, and and significant things. And yes, there are inspectors that'll do that, and that's um. um We'll talk about that. That's who I use because I don't care about this little stuff because I'm going to, you know, that stuff is every house has anyways. I don't know, uh, even when you build, when you buy new construction, you have to do a final walkthrough before you close. They're full of stuff that needs to be done over again. Brand new construction. So uh, and and it's funny because if you sell a brand new construction and tell them you want to bring in your own own inspector, they don't like that much because <laughs> they know <laughs> the, the the work that their inspectors are going to find on these brand new houses. So,
1: yeah. Hmm. Well, interesting. Yeah, yeah. It. I mean, it's all interesting. You know, and again, even like you said several times, we could have this conversation a year from now and then in the year from now and a year from now and things will change ultimately, right? Codes change, times change, markets change. You know, what's important one year will be not so important the next.
0: You know, I do want to make a comment um, on that particular thing. Right now, um, we have uh, quite the seller's market quite a frenzied seller's market. Now, the interest rates must go up. Mm-hmm. They, ha- I- I'm shocked that they haven't yet. Well, they have a little bit, but I'm shocked that they haven't more because that's the way um, the interest rates are the way you curb inflation and, the, and how you curb um, a, a too hot of a market, which we have had. So, um, So the interest rates will go up as they should. So people are thinking crash, 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 and I'm thinking normalcy, 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 because what we have now is not sustainable and should not be sustainable. And I remember, and so many you know people that you know um, were in real estate so many years ago when the interest rates were 18, 19 percent we couldn't sell. Nobody could afford to buy one. It was all seller financing. And when when it got down to under 15%, we had a frenzied market then. We thought, oh my God, this is a a crazy frenzied market. The interest rates were 14%. Can you imagine a buyer today that would jump to 14% what they would say about this economy or about the housing market? So everything's relative. And um, so the fact that we have to inch up in the interest rates, we have to, we have to, we have to, we have to. Now, do I think that's a good thing? Absolutely. Do I want to pay higher interest rate? Absolutely not. But the fact of it is, are you going to pay 1% or 2% more in your interest rate? Or are you going to pay you know, 100000 a $200,000 more on the house that you want to buy? So that's what we're getting to. So we have jumped 15% Like two years in a row, uh, month over month over month. So uh, that's way too heated, way too high. So um, if we do have a, which we're expected to have a market that slows down, um, you can bet some people are going to say we crashed, which we just going back to normal. Normal means an appreciation of near uh, near inflation, which inflation is high right now. And they also should raise the interest rates because of inflation. So if the well, anyways, that's another. Well, well,
1: it's, that's definitely a conversation I wa- almost thought we should have today. But it's one that I want to have with you because, uh, you know, uh, and specifically about where this is all going and many other things uh that add to that that are going on in the world today uh that people th- that it does relate to our to the, to real estate because it relates to our economy and all these things are tied together so if a world event shakes our economy make no mistake it will affect real estate too
0: not as much as you believe you might not as much as you might think i, I think not and as it,
1: fast as well, people it, would well, think well i was
0: just going to say the opposite it does it does well, that's, that's, a, a, a you know, how fast is you might be thinking one thing and I might be thinking another, sure. but it it does too small amount, uh, but, but it's quickly over mm. just like a hurricane, a hurricane will come by and nobody will want to uh, move in an area that's been hit by a hurricane for a year. And all of a sudden hurricanes don't exist anymore. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> uh, So the same thing is true historically about what happens in a political world and in the economy. It does hit it, but not for very long and not for very hard. So those, you know, and the the biggest thing, and I always tell people, uh, you know, we've had two significant downturns in the real estate market over the past hundred years. And one was in 1928 and the other one was in 2008. And we lost a great amount of um, equity and the prices went down considerably um, during those two times. Um, On the other side of that, we've had, since I've been in real estate, probably six times that we have spiked up high and we never dropped back down except for that one time in my lifetime. So we've spiked up high right now. I don't think we're going to drop. I think no. we're going to stop. Yeah. And we're just going to go slowly more appreciating. Yeah. So that would be unless, you know, I thought COVID was going to kill us and it did just the opposite.
1: Oh man. So who knows
0: what <laughs> what could happen?
1: Yeah.
0: You know, if everything is everything is more or less the way it has been. So um and it's not going to be because we have been right. uh well, well that's another thing about the economy and and even though we have such huge gro- job growth we also having huge inflation mm. and we have to we have to stop that and the Fed is the only one that can stop that and mm. they're not doing anything right now. So okay. if they do start increasing the interest rates they have to do it and that's the other thing i hope that they don't re- that they don't do this based on what they did in the late 70s when they just inched it up very slowly. And so everybody absorbed it and still did it with the same thing until it got to 18-19%. You know, you've got to hit it hard and shock everything for it to stop in its tracks and that's what that's what I, I think that we need. Not not the little small little moving that just is too easy to absorb. So yeah. otherwise we're we're still going to have these issues. Yeah. And the issues for the sellers are not, but you know what on the other side of that the sellers got to move somewhere.
1: That's so exactly It's like the used car market. It's like they're offering so much money for my used car, but then there's no other cars to buy. (laughs) You give me this money, right? Same thing, you sell your house. That's why one of the first questions I ask, like say, if I bring you a buyer tomorrow and we close on your house in 30 days,
0: what are you gonna gonna
1: do? Where are you gonna go? What's your plan, you know?
0: Well, you know, I've got a house that's too big for me. I should probably move, but what am I gonna do? What am I gonna buy? What am I gonna do with my money? Sitting Mm. in the bank, making nothing? making a lot more money in real estate.
1: Yeah, yeah. For sure. All
0: those all those things. So, you know, but, uh, but um,
1: yeah, these are big questions and and big ideas. And people should ask these questions of themselves. Right. And, uh, you know, I have, uh, I was on a listing. In fact, I'm going to go look at their house. But um, Mo, uh, you know, I've been helping him look for a restaurant. Well, I'm going to list their house. I just sold his land lot right and so now we're going to list their house and him and his wife adamantly at the very beginning when i had this discussion of where they're going to go next and buy the next house and they want to dump all of their proceeds and pay cash uh, on their next property boom just everything they don't want a payment and then but they're also the same people god bless them uh that uh want to invest and get investment properties and do things with their money and i says well hey listen um again I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not licensed. But, you know, one uh, something you should think about is uh, why would you put All your money into your new home when you could talk to Anna, uh, my preferred lender, and she can get you to where maybe you put 5% down. Okay. You get a 30 year mortgage. And then all that cash that you have left over, instead of just sitting in your home, you use that towards uh, other uh, investment opportunities. Mo, you use it towards your business. You're trying to get, uh, trying to increase your restaurant business. Right. But so
0: let me, let me suggest one thing about about that mm-hmm. um so it is a little more costly to obtain financing for an income property
1: mm-hmm. because
0: you have a little bit higher interest rate and you have a, a little more a couple more points or some points uh, to pay mm-hmm. however you have you because of our homestead protections um your creditors cannot take your money out of your primary residence. Right. So if they paid cash for their primary and get loans for their investments, then nobody can sue them because there's no pockets in mm. a mortgaged investment.
1: Okay. So
0: let's say they let's say they bought a, a house with cash and they're they had a slip and fall or worse yet, I know somebody that had um, a fire in the house and even mm. though they had insurance, there was a death and he was sued for wrongful death. Mm. So, um, and since he had that property free and clear, then, um, all that money is up for grabs on that lawsuit. Mm. If he had it, if he had it mortgaged to the hilt, there was no money in that. Mm. So there was no pockets in that one and they can't, Because it wasn't a PA, and another reason why you don't keep your investment properties in your personal name, then there isn't anything there to be to be had. So there are other reasons why you want to keep your house um, cashed out and keep your investment properties um, financed to the hilt.
1: Mm, Okay. What if you are? uh, Because you said something uh, that, and I don't know if you meant this, but uh, it made me think of it. You, uh, so all your, your, your house is paid off in cash, right? And you get a home equity uh, line or a a loan against the equity in your home and use that loan to finance your other uh, investments. The the other
0: investments are the ones that have to be encumbered by the loan, not your primary.
1: Uh, Okay. It has
0: to, they have to encumber that, that property. Because mm. then there's no equity in that property for anybody else to nab, because it goes to the bank. Mm. So if I have an investment property at two hundred thousand, and I have two hundred thousand that I borrowed from the bank, mm-hmm. then if some and I have this under a PA name, and somebody wants to sue the PA that I have this property in, there's nothing there because it's mortgaged to the hilt. The bank owns it. Mm. Right. If I were so, if I get an equity line of credit. And I have set equity line of credit to buy some other things, um, if that's the only way you can do it, um, uh, because because it's an easier loan to get. And I also set an equity line of uh, uh, a credit to use to buy a house cash that you're going to move into, and then once you move into it, um, then refinance that way if you want to move only once. So we're ju- so that that's a tool that you can use for many different things, mm. but to limit liability and why would somebody um pay cash for their primary residence and uh and still want income properties um it's it is a it is a better tool for uh, to limit your liability right?
1: i guess uh, i guess i've just uh, heard so much about um you know uh well like uh, the the wealthy right they they rather use other people's money all day long than right. uh, use their own. Right? right. So in the fact of your residence, why would you why wouldn't you just use? Uh... Because
0: a lot of people that if they don't have a lot of money to mm-hmm. just pay it off, it's better to you have a lot of people's money. But if they come into some problems and can't pay the bank, then the bank's going to take their house. So, you know, you can always sell it, but who knows what the market is. Too many people have lost their houses, um, you know, 10, 15 years ago. And they don't want to risk that again. Now, Hmm. if you have enough money to support paying off the bank, if you come into some hard way, but they're independent business owners. They've been through hard times. So if they can't make their mortgage payment and their business isn't doing well, they'd have to sell their property. And then what are they going to do? And so a lot of, so, so. Mm. Uh, and again, you're all right, you're not wrong in that mm. you to use other people's money um, is great. Um, if you're going to invest it and invest it wisely, but just to have a mortgage on your house so you can have cash from just well, want- and, well, and,
1: and also, and also, I told him this point, I says, remember, if you need money for an emergency, or if you need, if something happens, and you, the money in your house isn't liquid. Like you'll have to either sell your house or go get a loan off the equity. It's like you can't just. It's not like it's sitting in the bank. Well, right? you know, you
0: can have that. That's where an equity line of credit is good because if you get an equity just line of credit, just have it ready to go.
1: Just have yeah, it. Yeah, uh, you don't one have to and, borrow and it. it. You don't
0: have it to. You just—they're checks. You get right. a checkbook. Right. You just write a check, well, and you're in you're and and you're using that, and that's a, actually even that interest is tax deductible. See, but I, that I, interest rate, once you use it, that's an adjustable interest right. rate. So that can slide too.
1: I, I guess, you know, the whole main point was, is just getting them to think about these questions to ask themselves. Like, that's what I was telling them. I says, listen, this isn't my wheelhouse. I'm not a financial advisor. Yeah. I do not. I'm not giving you legal or financial you know, advice, it's, it's, but it's, you it's... might want to ask these questions because I told you before, Mo and Uzma, they're great at running the restaurant, but when it comes to all these other things, even just being the 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 the, the cultural barrier coming from India right. and being over here, like they literally don't know any right. of this stuff. Well, right? you
0: know that. With that said, um, and when you that you said you're not you're you're not a financial advisor, but I wanted to make another point, and this is true on every aspect of life that there's different perspectives that you can look at things. So what I was talking about right now was through a liability and not a financial viewpoint. Mm -hmm. So if you ask a lawyer the same questions you ask a uh, money manager, they will give you two different answers. One is looking at liability and one is looking at um, um, the financial investment point of it. So they're gonna give you two different answers. So, um, uh, So everybody has One issue, you can look at it from so many different perspectives and see things in a different way. And that doesn't mean any of them are right or any of them are wrong. It's just a different point of view and a different perspective. But that's what you are saying. I think is that you have to look at it from different perspectives.
1: Right. For example, as a business owner running a restaurant or as a private citizen who has a nine to five job, different perspectives, right? right? And what I'm doing with them is because uh, I see that they don't necessarily uh, know uh, a lot uh, about uh, a lot of these these things we're talking about, but... they should at least be asking themselves these questions and, well, you and, know what? And, and looking into this stuff, right?
0: There, my aunt has a saying, and she says, Well, how do you know if you don't know? So, asking yourself a question, how do you know what questions to ask if you are completely in the dark about any topic? So they're lucky that they have you. Right. So, um, and so, you know, and in yourself and you know, everybody, um, when we have a person that is looking at some, a, cl- a customer a client that is looking at something, maybe we should step in to their shoes the best we can and write down the questions they may be asking that you mm-hmm. might not know the answers to, but you should learn the answers on, on that perspective. So that when you meet somebody else now who are in different shoes, one of the one of the things that you need to find out from people now, that help color the way they think is what happened to them during the last crash. Mm. Lose their house, did they lose their business? How Mm. did they fare? Cause that Mm. has absolutely a lot to do with how they're seeing their next move. Cause it's from fear of that happening again. Mm. So, um, and that's a big question to ask people.
1: Yeah, fear. That is a very, that's a very big driving force in people's lives. And that's
0: the reason I bet, I bet my bottom dollar. And that's the reason why they want to spend every money, they, every bit of money they have to pay cash on a property. So they don't have to worry about the bank knocking on their door again. Wow. That's what I'm, that's that's what I'm thinking.
1: That's fascinating. That's fascinating. Wow. Well, I tell you what, Julie, on that on that note, uh, we've gone a little bit long. I know that you have a busy day. I have a busy day. Okay. Uh, but I would like to uh, 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 say uh, thank you for uh, thank reminding you. me because after this, as soon as we get off, I'm going to send a follow-up email uh, and put in writing to a conversation I had with, okay. a, with a customer a couple of days ago. Okay, so thank you for reminding me about that.
0: Yeah, and, yeah I always um, do that.
1: Any final thoughts before we before we go?
0: Uh, No, but I'll talk to you soon about you know absolutely off the record type of things. Okay, sounds good. Have a good one.
1: You too. Bye bye. Talk
0: to you later. Bye.